the pandemic has just make it like a compulsory, not a nice to have, but a must have to be actually having this kind of digital or, or new ways to be thinking in terms of how can we engage even remotely or through new devices for, for younger habits or for younger consumer fans' uh, habits. You're listening to Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast. Hello and welcome to Sports Tech Feed. I'm your host, Thomas Loams. Great to have you joining us again this week. On today's show, we have Jean-Baptiste Elio, UEFA Innovation Hub Advisor and Chief Strategy Officer for La Source. Jean-Baptiste, or JB as, uh, as some of our non-French-speaking uh, friends will know him, uh, has worked in the sports industry for the past 10 years across multiple positions, which led him to drive the innovation strategy within UEFA and set up the UEFA Innovation Hub. Among his new responsibilities is Chief Strategy Officer at La Source. He is now in charge of supporting sports organizations in leveraging innovation, strategic collaborations, and partnerships with startups. This is a really interesting chat about a kind of holistic view to innovation uh, within sports organizations. And we actually don't really talk about tech for, for kind of part of the conversation because I think it's really around that strategy piece and, and putting it in each layer. JB's got a, a great concept of innovation debt um, for organizations, and I'll include a link we talked about a little bit here, but also include a link in the show notes if you want to go read up on some of the stuff that they're um they're looking at. And the whole idea is basically that every day that you're not pushing forwards and not looking forwards with innovation and, and changing, it's actually a debt you're accruing. So it's not that you're standing still, you're actually going backwards. So really interesting stuff there. If you'd like to learn more about, you know, what they're doing with UEFA and the innovation hub, then I'll also include some links there and if you want to learn more about um, sports tech world series um, and staying up to date with news in the sports technology community then sportstechworldseries.com forward slash newsletter you can subscribe there it's a weekly newsletter very digestible we're not going to be spamming you it's a great way to uh to get a few touch points there and as always i'm your host thomas loams if you'd like to reach out to me on linkedin you can certainly do so always great to hear from our listeners and and what they're up to and can you continue the conversation uh in the digital realm Thanks again for tuning in. You're listening to Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast. Jean-Baptiste Elio, uh, UEFA Innovation Hub Advisor. Welcome to Sports Tech Feed. Great to have you on the show. Hi there. Thanks for having me. So, I mean, start at the very beginning. Good place to start. Tell us about the UEFA Innovation Hub. What's its mission? What's its goals? Um, How did it come to be? And what's your role in uh, making it all happen? Yeah, so I will try to, to make it short for everybody because I think we have 30 minutes and I, and I could be very long talking about the whole journey, but it all started back in 2016, 2017 when, when we had a new uh, president coming in and a new strategy that needed to be defined for the, for the, overall, for the overall organization. So we started on the, um, on the strategy process and, and we come up with the 2019-2024 UEFA strategy. And as part of the strategy within the Intelligence Center, you, you could see that there was data strategy and then another pillar that we put into it was innovation. So that was the beginning of the UEFA Innovation Hub journey. Um, officially, I think the Innovation Hub uh, was launched in 2018, but it started way before. Because the thing is that you need to understand what you're trying to achieve from a from an organization standpoint. What's your strategy to to actually use innovation to to go to this direction and to to answer these strategic objectives? So, if you want, in short, the what innovation have is some kind of a vehicle to help the organization achieve its strategic objectives. And so, we do have a vision of innovation, which is not necessarily only purely related to tech or to 
digital or to startups, but which is more on um, how you um, future-proof yourself. So how you catch future trends, how you think a bit of a, ahead. And the thing around innovation is that, uh, like I said, it's not purely digital. So it's also how you make sure your organization from the people within it are agile and flexible enough as people, but also as an organization with its own processes to be resilient and to be able to adapt to any kind of situation, which is actually quite good when you think of, of a pandemic or whatever can happen in the future. So I would say it's a, it's a, it's a 360 view uh, where we're not serving only one department, one division or one business unit. It's across the entire organization and we have uh, different pillars or different strategic objectives for the UEFA Innovation Hub to make sure we, we do fulfill the strategic objectives of UEFA. That's in a nutshell. Yep. And so what are some of the activities? Like, how does that look like in practice? Because obviously we're talking about innovation. And um, for me, my very basic definition is finding a better way of doing something. Um, And Mm -hmm. it doesn't always involve technology, as you said, but a lot of the time it does or tech has a role underpinning it. But how does that look like in practice? Yeah. So what I love to say usually is like innovation is a team sport first. And second is that 99% of innovation is about processes. So you can have the best idea or you can have the best product or tech. It doesn't mean you will necessarily innovate because you, you, you're not necessarily driving value or answering a need or having a tangible output out of it. So in concrete terms, um, one of our first pillars is internal. So we, we, we have the, the intent or the aim to, to foster a culture of innovation within UEFA. So what we've done is we've launched intrapreneurs. So it's, it's teams of different people from UEFA, different colleagues sitting across different divisions and business units that come together to address a common needs. So it's to break down the silos and to make sure also we give them the tools and the methodologies to think a bit differently. Um, it can be on the operation side. Uh, it can also be very differently onto how do we have a more diverse uh, workforce. So for instance, one of the intrapreneur uh, projects with different people sitting in legal, in HR, and across uh, other functions within WEFA was about how can we uh, minimize unconscious bias in the recruitment and promotion process. So just to make sure we don't have white, 50 years old uh, color uh, everywhere at the organization, but trying to have a more diverse uh, workforce. So that's a typical example of what is potentially to be an innovation uh, or how we consider it to be an innovation project internally, where actually that that was coming also from from the staff And the idea was that in three months time, we were helping them in terms of like if it was a startup or like if it was a small company in terms of putting together their value proposition and putting their proposal to the top management in terms of, okay, we believe a diverse workforce would be a benefit to UEFA. We believe we should reduce unconscious bias in um, um, promotion and uh, recruitment processes. And this is how we're going to do it. And so they during three months, it was like, okay, what's the value position? What is the customer segment? Can you question some of the assumptions that you have? Can we go into the different details? And so actually what we're doing with all these kind of internal activities, and I'm just highlighting this one just to, to give an, an example, but what we're doing at the end of the day is like, 
whether the entrepreneur roots or journey is successful or not, I would say it's not of my business, but I'm happy when it's successful and that we can go forward and that it's approved by top management and that we, we have things moving on. But at the end of the day, whether it's successful or not, the idea is that maybe four or five people from within this team have been used to think a bit differently, have engaged also with other people from the organizations. And most importantly, they have done what, what we call different beacons. So it's different one hour activity during one day in the innovation lab. So that afterwards, when they have a new project or when they have a new challenge or something coming up, maybe they will go and they will say, okay, I did this kind of beacon in terms of prototyping or like I was saying, uh, what is the value map or what is a customer segment? And so when they would have a problem in the future, being an accountant, being a legal specialist, being again, HR or, or a digital guy, okay, we can go in the lab and we can book it for one hour and we can go and use the same methodology to address different needs. And so the thing is, that's really a kind of a long-term vision where Okay, you have maybe two, three cohorts of 20 to 30 people. And the more you go, the more you have people and the more you engage with them. And the more, I would say, your organization is putting in place or having different ways of thinking or, or working, actually. And so this, this comes back to your question in terms of uh, it's not only an idea or it can be also about only the processes and doing things better. So that's, that's a bit... And so does that mean when you do try and introduce tech, to bring it back to tech, we've got sports tech feed in the title, we've got to talk about tech at some point. Um, <laughs> is it, does, it, does it help, I guess, with adoption and openness to new technology and to working with startups? Because obviously UEFA has a very large, um, very large organisation, very, mm -hmm. um, I don't want to say conservative because it has like a kind of... Um, ideas attached to it that, that I don't mean. Is it traditional? Traditional, yeah, that's, traditional is a better word for it. Yeah, traditional. Um, and obviously the nimble startups, the kind of break stuff, move fast kind of mentality that you you associate with it isn't associated with something traditional. And, and generally, nor should it be, because that's the, how, the way it works. It needs to be the big stable beast um, to get what it needs to get done. But then it still needs to, as you said. Definitely that helps. Meaning like to do like the innovation hub is some kind of an interface between the inside and the outside world. And clearly having this kind of, usually when you talk to startups or entrepreneur or even SMEs or the medium companies, like they are living in a different world. It's a 24 seven, it's a survival thing. We, we live on a different time zone or that that's completely different. But clearly the, the fact that most of the business units or my colleagues being senior or middle managers that are getting used also to pitch or to different exercises or that get into this kind of innovation world uh, clearly that helps in terms of understanding in the future but that what, what you were mentioning with tech is actually and i'm happy you, you brought it because we we did not really much prepare for it we can say to to the people uh, it's pretty much on the go but it's actually uh, our second, I would say, pillar, strategic pillar, which is more not cultivate, but connect. So how do we leverage the um, web ecosystem? And here, it's not the inside uh, innovation, it's more the outside in. And so it's how do we leverage uh, technology or startup products which are sitting outside that can actually help us answer some of our needs, because we do have, and as most of the traditional sports organizations, we are not innovators. Uh, 
we are not, we don't have engineers just like in other industries, car manufacturer, or even like an industry or whatever, where you have engineers and sort of workforce that do have the, this capital or this knowledge around innovation, but we are not also the gaffers of this world. I mean, we're not born in the 21st century. We're not born on the data. Uh, so at the end of the day, we, we are not necessarily equipped or in terms of level of maturity for innovations, we are very much, I would say, at the beginning of the journey. And, and here we have, to be, we, are, we have to be realistic and honest. So the way we see it or the way we've done it at the Wealth Innovation Hub is like, we want to drive value. Otherwise, it doesn't work. I mean, we need to make sure it helps us censoring, like I was saying, strategic objectives or different KPIs that we have and that we've settled. And so here, the idea with startups is how a product which is existing with an existing business model can help us in reaching out our goals. So it's very much incremental innovation. Luckily, or hopefully in the future, we'll be able to think a bit more ahead, even more, and even look at, I would say, pre-seeds or even more early stage startups that we can actually start working with them to even help them in terms of like tweaking or co-building co different products. We are not at this stage yet. The idea here is more, we have a need, we have this ecosystem in, internally, we have this infrastructure. Uh, we need something that can be either plugged in or, or built up for us, fitting within this ecosystem uh, to drive these KPIs or to drive this value. And this is how we, we, we tend to operate. And, and that's how we work with startups. So, so we've been working, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Jump in, what are some of the startups that you've worked with? Because um, obviously there's, there's different initiatives. You've had the startup challenge, you've had some of the open innovation stuff, the reimagined football initiative um, that was in partnership with, was it Citigroup, KPMG? There was a lot of partners in that. Um, Johan Cruyff uh, Arena um, in Amsterdam. So, um, what are, yeah, what are some like actual companies that, that some of our listeners might know of or, or might not know of that you partner with and, and what are the, what do those projects look like? Yeah, so as part of the uh, Webflow Startup Challenge, uh, I think it was back in 2019, so already two years ago, uh, that was an easy way as well to start and to launch the Innovation Hub. Um, we had, just like in every other industry, we had a, a simple startup challenge. Uh, we onboarded seven startups. We had six different partnerships. Uh, I can name, if you want, WSC. I think Daniel Marion was on the podcast and mentioned it. So automated highlight clips. I mean, they are already working with different sports organizations. So that was also something where we had a need. And I, actually, we are now working more and more with them as much as we're getting them even more into our own ecosystem. So we've driven value and now it's like how we find other use cases among the organization to scale actually their, their tech. Uh, that's, that's one I can name. There's another one, which is another one, uh, MyKix or Formalytics, yep. uh, for which we've been partnering with. Uh, um, I know very well uh, Andrew, um, Nick as well. Um, on this one, we're working on hopefully a UEFA player card. So we are still in discussion in terms of where we bring the product to where it was two years ago to try to help them all along the, the journey with, with the dev they have worked on their side, but also the needs. And so now we're also discussing for 2021 and how we can activate even better. Um, another one is Second Spectrum. So there was a tender for that. 
but we started to cooperate to test a bit their tech. So they are very much mature. I don't think you can name them as a, as a startup. But <laughs> I don't think if, if they're a startup, every other startup in the world is stuck. Exactly. And, you know, their second spectrum is well beyond the realm. But we, for, for the story, we knew second spectrum back in 2015 when they were not even US, but more Swiss. Uh, and they've been acquired by the US afterwards. So that's why also we were interested in the tech itself for, for the purposes, but that's one for women's football. And, and on women's football, we have also different strategic objectives for which they can be good in terms of new podcast feeds and new ways to engage. Yep. Um, another one was Lifelike, I can mention. Uh, yep. It's something on WhatsApp TV now, I know. Um, it's my role as well. I source that I've like has done different partnership, uh, being in the US or even with in Europe with Canal Plus, which will be uh, the official broadcast partner for UEFA for 21 uh, 24 UEFA Champions League cycle. So here it's you know, servant screen uh, widgets, so fan engagement functionality to get more interactivity and personalization, but also allowing sports organizations like UEFA to better understand the fans and get better data. So that's the kind of things we've been. We've been doing, um, we've been on open innovation. We've been testing other on the sports performance side. So more player data related, uh, track 160. We tried also in the startup challenge uh, signality. We, we tested VO. Uh, we've worked with, with Slate and Greenfly. I can name these two as well. I mean, Greenfly in terms of content uh, creation and distribution, and even now what they are doing with the with Bundesliga in terms of content creator for the podcast partner, that's something. Slate is an add-on to that in terms of how you remain on brand while distributing on socials. Yep. Um, and reimagine football, you touched it. I mean, the thing is written in 2020 when, when COVID-19 hits and, and the pandemic with it, like we, we find ourselves finding with the same challenges everywhere, all across the, the industry. And so we initiated the Football Innovation Cluster back in 2019. Uh, with Ken VB, with Joan Crefarina, with FC Barcelona, with Man City, with the French Football Federation. And actually, even the DFL and Offenheim was part of the reimagined football on the back of it, uh, less on the front. But we, we were all together trying to find solutions to our, to our common needs. And on that, we are still working on with different startups. And that's, that, that's what we've put together. But you have a variety of, of technologies I would say that the main vertical, not to be like, uh, we, we are like everybody. I mean, it's mainly fan engagement towards the fans today, uh, how you, you drive value and new business development there and how you define your assets, but also uh, sports performance, but related to health, fitness, but also the grassroots level of things yeah. like how do you engage with this younger generation and how you push or how you encourage younger generations to actually do sports and practice sports. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's, that's where we're at. And that was something for the reimagined football initiative that, um, I mean, I'll share a link to it um, in, the, in mm -hmm. the show description so people can dive into it. Basically, it was, a, as I said, all these different organisations. So obviously UEFA Innovation Hub, um, Dutch Football League, um, Johan Cruyff Arena. Johan Cruyff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, City. Uh, Man City, uh, the, the city group coming together. So it was all these different organizations within sports, realizing they had so many common problems. And that's something that it's um, something like the size and the scope of UEFA versus a, a league or even an individual team is they're all facing similar problems, like in terms of, all right, how do we engage with our fan? How do we 
as you said, future-proof yourself. How do you, you deal with different generations of fandom coming through? How do you deal with on a broadcast side, cord cutting, things like that? People want different content and they, they want it on demand. They want to be able to engage with it, all that kind of stuff. And then in terms of the performance side, um, again, same issues. Like how do we get the best out of our athletes? And then how do we flow that down into grassroots to identify talent, to engage younger generations in being active? Mm-hmm. You need to play the game, all that kind of stuff. So it's this is probably more of a comment but it's it's good to see that that is realizing a common problem across different different areas because yeah. i think something that um i hope comes out of covid19 and, and out of 2020 is um the concept of a rising tide lifts all boats so it's not kind of sports leagues sports properties going mm-hmm. well, we're going to do it and we're going to protect our turf here and everyone else is a competitor it no, it, it just, everyone needs to get better. Otherwise, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, we all have, I mean, we all have our agendas and, and the thing is clearly we're more close to um, a national league like the Bundesliga or the La Liga or, or Premier League in terms of needs and common challenges. But at the end of the day, it's also, we need to understand the game. We need to realize where the game is going and you need to listen to stadium owners to clubs, you need to understand the athlete performance, the, the player data challenges and issues coming out of it. Uh, as a regulator of the game, uh, we, we need to be in a position to, to understand, to, to be ahead of what's going on to make sure we can actually later uh, take regulatory measures or even like propose regulatory measures to uh, the, the right governing body. So at the end of the day, I think what you were referring to and that's what the pandemic I hope we will have is that you need to think football, but not only I think sports as an ecosystem, and I would say even more large to a sport and entertainment. And so you have different verticals and so you have different business areas for which you need actually to see the clubs, the leagues, different stakeholders as not as competitors actually, but more as complementary. And so we need stadium owners to be working with them to test like the Angrep Arena, or we need the clubs to be working with the athletes or, the, or our national associations, our member associations, like KMDB, the, the Dutch Federation, uh, to be working with them to understand better maybe injury prevention or, or, or grassroots football in terms of engagement for, for the younger generation. So all that to say that we cannot do it on our own. And I always, like I've said at the beginning, innovation is a team sports and true innovation happens when you have an alignment between these different people and strategic collaborations coming in t- together. So pandemic has forced us to actually have the same agenda and to be really on the same table. I hope that out of it, you will see, I mean, we've seen it. The thing is, it, the pandemic has not changed much, I would say it has just accelerated. It, it's a catalyst in terms of acceleration, in terms of innovation for what was needed. And for instance, remote production, that was something coming in. Uh, the digital and all the digitalization, that was already something that we saw. Uh, in 2019, when we were working with LiveLike or even Formalytics, MyKicks, we, we were, that was a nice to have maybe, but we were already seeing that that was where we were heading. The pandemic has just made it like a compulsory, not a nice to have, but a must have to be actually 
having this kind of digital or, or new ways to be thinking in terms of how can we engage even remotely or through new devices for, for younger habits or for younger consumer fans um, uh, habits. So that, that, that what I think the pandemic has, has pushed us to do, but we've been always thinking very much and the innovation hub has been created also like this. We need to think as an ecosystem and where we can drive value with the different protagonists, because at the end of the day, that's, and we, that's what we want to do. And that's how we will preserve as well the, the sports and entertainment industry we're in, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well said. And that's something I, um, we publish a, a guide called the Sports Tech Annual, which is a kind of listing of all the sports tech um, mm -hmm. vendors and providers around the world. Now, stadiums and venues um, chapter, uh, which is free to download if anyone's interested in it. Um, talk to Sander uh, Van Stuyfout. Um, I'm sure I've just butchered his name. I'm sorry, my Dutch is terrible. Um, but he's head of innovation for uh, Johan Cruyff. Hi, Sander. Hi, Sander. Yep. Sorry about that, mate. Um, so, and he was talking about that that acceleration, that point of well, things like cashless, uh, frictionless as a stadium experience, like things like mm -hmm. cashless, um, things like advanced um, security measures, things like um, mobility, digital ticketing, all that kind of stuff. That's was on the trend and then the pandemic just went whoosh and now that was there i mean we were yeah. talking to visa or even other sponsors and partners for which we see ourselves as partners to help them also push their innovation because this is also something which is better for the fans at the end of the day mm. and that's clearly as i say a catalyst or some kind of an acceleration of existing trends but where we were directly diving into so uh yeah he's he's completely right on that yeah, and, and hopefully it's something that um, teams and, and especially the properties, and I mean that in terms of physical properties, stadiums, things like that, kind of rip the Band-Aid off on it, if you know what I mean, rather than going, oh, we're going to go cashless over the next five years or I don't know, whatever the, the timeline is. They just go, we're going to do it now. Um, mm -hmm. And they just they just do it. And because there's other things around that that you can still have machines that you can pump cash into and you'll get like a prepaid card or whatever because there are considerations around that. But at the end of the day, just seeing where you need to go and just getting it done rather than, mm -hmm. um, I guess, dragging your feet. And that's something that... I mean, you, you need... I mean, you play defensive at first because you don't know what's going on and you need to adapt and you, and you need to understand, okay, what, what... Because in full transparency for the first two, three weeks, we were trying to... Everybody was trying to understand, okay, what, what's the new plan? What is the return to play? What, what is needed from us from a health and safety measure standpoint? So you play defensive, but then after you can be a bit more, um, it's not aggressive, but you, you go out and you say, okay, let, let's try to, to see what we can do out of it. And actually at the end of the day, it's also, you need to redefine assets because when you have no live sports, how, what, what do you bring to your broadcast partners? What do you bring to your sponsors when you cannot activate on site? So you have all these possibilities and We've seen it in, in Fortnite or in other industries where you can have live music concert or other ways to be entertained. And why not using what's already existing in other business sectors to actually drive value for our sponsors and our partners? So that's clearly something we, we have in mind. And coming back to the innovation hub, it's, it's really something I think you, the last pillar we have is more thinking strategically. So again, like you have Cultivate and Connect, which is inside and the outside, but we'll also curate, which is a bit more in terms of catching future trends. And, and for me, the most important thing is 
football or, or soccer for, for the Americans listening to us is not number one by chance. It has not been number one sport by chance for 50 years. Um, you need to invest in it. You need to make sure younger generations get engaged as well with it. And so the, you, you need to have this kind of redistribution uh, out of it. And you need to think, as I was saying, as an ecosystem where it preserves everybody from, from, from the top, from the clubs, from the leagues, from the federations to make sure to grassroots, everybody has a chance to be engaged and to play with the sports because at the end of the day, this is what will sustain it. And today, since the, the, the last decade, we, we've seen all the forms of entertainment coming in. And at the end of the day, you fight for the attention of, of the new generation, of, of the fans of today and the fans of tomorrow. And, and here, football, as any other sports, need to find its place. And I think what the pandemic has allowed us to us is to see outside of sports, but also to help us also redefine new assets and new ways to engage or, or to make sure we remain number one. But that's really much like long, long-term thinking. So point. totally agree. And, and, and on that, I mean, the curate, the future trends, what's, what's very briefly, what is your kind of number one that's kicking around in, in your brain about where the industry is going? Um, like crystal ball it what's what's in the pipeline do you think yeah that that's this one i've always that that's the toughest and that's what i i find the thing is again to drive value because it's good to speak 10 years but i, I always like to say okay this is what we've done this is where we've driven driven value internally like wsc okay this is this is our kpis wind flight this is our kpis this is where, where we drive value i think in terms of trends, you can look at different sectors. So take it from uh, the fan engagements, then you have the health, fitness, and so the wellness. I think the next decade yeah. will be all about the wellness and the personalization at every fan, or you, you can be your own athletes, even though you are a grassroots player, you, you kind of where Formalytics and MyKicks is sitting in terms of train like a pro or compare yourself like a pro and you have your own player card. So that, that's something which is related as well to the fitness boom that we're seeing with Zwift, Peloton, but we can, we can put it for, for football as well. And the, the next one is, is more the esports and the gaming sides, which is linked for me with the um, fan engagement in terms of digital. So again, how do you create a new experience in terms of like people wants to be together, you want to practice it, you want to be with your mates, you want to, to do sports, to, to watch sports together to go at the stadium but at the same time you want something also different you yep. want you want a second screen you want something personalized you want interactivity you want i don't know if it's augmented reality or it can be an immersive experience but this is where we would blur the lines as well in between what sports as a standalone product is with a life entertainment lifestyle maybe cultural thing and I think this is where we're going. But if you want a crystal ball, I think it will also very much depend on the, on the technology and on the product. So hardware, um, what I'm thinking of is definitely data. But here I'm thinking like data science, but machine learning in terms of uh, an AI, in terms of getting better and better. But I'm also thinking network-wise, uh, 5G or, or better ways to actually have yeah. uh, more, more data at the same time. Yeah. And, to actually be able to put these kind of technologies together and have a, a frictionless or seamless experience because today that's not necessarily the case or, or we're still fighting with some latency. But clearly the, the data AI thing 
along with the capabilities around it. So the, the network of 5G, uh, that's something where, where we'll be heading uh, to be more personalized, more interactive. And I think at the end of the day for the new generation, with all of this is about purpose and making sure just like the wellness is like, how do you have an impact or how sports can tell you something else or have a new thesis for this world and yeah. for the new generation? Like, how do you embed sport into this kind of new, new mantra or this new purpose impactful uh, life, I would say? Yeah, yeah definitely. The, the, the physical, digital, digital, um, yeah. the kind of fusing between the two um, and the blurring of lines, I think that's really... For the, for the best and the worst, huh? I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. look at what, how invasive it can be or how good it can be in terms of providing you with, with new services. And I mean, it's for the, the best and the worst, but hopefully we'll, we'll manage to make it as to engage better or to make sure actually uh, we, 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 are, we are true to our values. I think that's also one point I want to make clear here is when you think of the uh, WEFA player card and, and the work we're doing with formalities, at the end of the day, as WEFA, what we want to do is what? is to make sure we have more kids being boys or girls that play football. Yeah. And if this means that digital is part of the solution because you give them a tool through your iPad or your iPhone to practice better or to compare yourself with a pro player or with your mates or to upload your card in a game, but that incentivize you to go back on the pitch to improve the, the card because you need to improve your game to be able to have a better card to play better against your mates. That's something where I would be more than happy to, to have that product being outside to make sure that more kids are incentivized to move more, to play more, because at the end it's health benefits, it's social benefits, it's community. So it, it's something where, where we, we need to make sure we drive this innovation also for our strategic objective, which is increasing participations, having more boys and girls playing football. Yeah, and I think that's a good point to bring us full circle to, as you said, it's around strategic objectives and it's not always just tech for the sake of tech. Um, well, it's never tech for the sake of tech, but it's actually mm -hmm. how do you achieve strategic objectives and then how do you, you know, get a better way of doing that? So, well, thank you so much for your time, uh, Jean-Baptiste. It was, it was great to chat. Final question for you. What is your favourite sporting moment of all time? Well, I'm a huge uh, tennis tennis fan. I think it would be like a Federer, uh, Wimbledon. Can't remember the day. Can't remember the year. But one of those finals against uh, Nadal, I think, yeah. uh, in Wimbledon. Uh, that would be one of the, the best moments for me. There you go. The, the, the Swiss connection as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm French, but actually maybe I'm becoming more and more Swiss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's it's uh it's sinking in yeah well okay we'll, we'll I'll try and get some footage of um one of the many you know federal wins um, <laughs> yeah I mean I mean I'm very classical on this one it's like nothing like I could have gone for uh for yeah for something a bit different but yeah let's say yeah. I didn't, didn't go for the Montreal Cup so I think you are definitely a bit more Swiss than French um but even considering how recent that was so. That's great. Well, thank you, Jean-Baptiste. Uh, really appreciate your time and looking forward to what the UEFA Innovation Hub uh, has in store for 2021 and beyond. Cool. Likewise. Thank you and, and be in touch with, uh, with the sports tech world.
There you have it. That was Jean-Baptiste Elio, UEFA Innovation Hub Advisor, Chief Strategy Officer for La Source, and very switched on gentleman. So interesting chats there. That's kind of, I think... That, that, as I said, that holistic view in the intro to how to think innovation and, and what that means at each level. And it's not always, and actually most of the time, it's not, you know, the, the shiny new uh, piece of technology, the the shiny new doodad that's going to solve everything. It's actually changes the way people think at all layers of the organization, which means that when there is a technology tool that can be introduced to solve a problem, uh, it's much easier to do that. And you have the buy-in from all the different levels. As always, I've been your host, Thomas Loams. Looking forward to seeing you next time on Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast.